We do. Uh, work stuff, meetings, all that sort. How about you? Um, yeah, pretty much the same. I just didn't have any meetings because we're about to go into tier three, baby. <laughs> yep. Let's go. That's the mm. best tier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know how to segue from that. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> What, with what so many thoughts i'm gonna come and see you tomorrow yeah obviously so i had to kind of i was thinking should we just do one together or should we do one today and then another one while i'm there so i thought let's still do one today in it mm -hmm. got so much to talk about don't we plenty so um yeah so the last so since the last podcast obviously we spoke about um several sports but i think today is just mainly football yeah because there's been no other sports. Just football, just Champions League. There's a bit yeah. of, I mean, not a bit of controversy, quite a, quite a large amount of controversy in the midweek. Mm -hmm. So midweek, Champions League game, it was on a Tuesday. Um, Chelsea were playing at the same time, so I wasn't watching it. Um, but it was PSG versus Istanbul Basik Sair. And um, there was an incident about 30 minutes in or 20 minutes in um, involving... Uh, the referee and the fourth official. Um, the fourth official was telling the referee to to book someone on the on the Istanbul bench, um, and the referee, the the on field referee, went to book whoever it was, um, and in their native tongue, in Romanian, he pointed at um, uh, someone on the bench and referred to him by his color. And going by what the translation goes on on BT and and RMC. Um, it suggested that the fourth official asked the referee to book uh, the black player. Um, so he referred to to the player uh, by his skin color, which obviously caused a lot of outrage. Um, you know, the, it kind of erupted from there on. You know, the 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 game stopped completely. Um, you know, the the players, the the player that he was referring to, came off the bench, and and I don't think he was the player. I think he was like an assistant or something came off the bench and, and he asked him why and, and in Romanian in their in their mother tongue um they refer to black as what we think of as the n-word. So unfortunately, you know, there's there might have been miscommunication or, you know, misunderstanding. But, you know, the more I, I looked at it, the more it kind of made sense um what why they were kind of outraged. Um Demba Bar came off and, and he was furious, absolutely furious. He goes, you wouldn't refer to a white player as that white guy. So why are you referring to a black player as that black guy? And that makes perfect sense. If someone referred to me as that brown guy, and I, I was, you know, amongst people with, with in, in, you know, people of different origins and, and backgrounds of life, I would feel offended. Um, it's not it's not the way to address someone. And and rightly so, they, they walked off the field um no one really knew what was going to happen from there on. And, you know, it just sparked a huge, um, you know, kind of conversation across Europe. And they said this was probably one of the most important moments football's ever seen um, in terms of handling racial injustice and, and you know, racism in football. Um, there were a lot of, you know, opinions, you know, Mika Richards and, and John Barnes, they both... Um, came out and said you know that he's it wasn't racist and he isn't a racist um but you know as far as you know having an opinion about it i think 
you know, if someone referred to me as the brown guy, I would feel quite offended because I don't want to be seen, you know, and referred to by my colour, though I'm proud of it. I don't want to be seen and referred to by my by my colour, especially not in a in a sporting event, you know. So, uh, cause a lot of controversy. Obviously, I think UEFA have already started the investigation. Um, Neymar, you know, Marquinhos, Mbappe, they were all fighting on on Denver Bar in Istanbul, the six edge side, and um, you know, hopefully this gets resolved and there's a resolution and maybe there's you know something positive to come out of it in terms of education and going forward. Um, but this was seen as one of the most crucial moments in, in football for, for this um, topic, you know, specifically. Yeah, absolutely. It's pivotal. Uh, just was, it's been the last two years, I think, where they've cracked down a bit more on uh, racism and campaigns, stopping racism and of course, with the whole um, BLM as well, there's also been the um, at the beginning of matches, you know, kneeling and stuff. So this is another key moment in football that could impact the world as well. Absolutely. You know, I think it's, I ask myself, why in 2020 are we still having this conversation about what is racist and what is offensive? You know, I feel like by now people should understand those elements. There's the internet, there's education, you can just click on Google and, and find out what you should and shouldn't say. You know, it's as simple as that. But the fact that we have to still have to, you know, talk about it, um, it is unfortunate. And, you know, being a person of, of Indian origin myself, you know, I've personally never never faced any um, sort of racism and, and no one's ever kind of discriminated against me because of my colour. But at the same time, like, I, I completely understand that it absolutely exists and it's unfortunate that it does exist. I think then, you know, I, I think that the, I don't think particularly that we're moving slow in terms of um, um, overcoming it. But I just think there should be more to be done. You know, um, you know the the. I remember when when there was um, a problem that that Chelsea fans had with um, uh, saying the Y word in reference to. Um, mm-hmm people of Jewish origin because of, you know, their association with Tottenham Hotspur, you know, people, you know, people refer to, to that club as, you know, the Y word, whatever, Um, you know, the the, uh, Roman Abramovich and and Robert Kraft, the, the, the owner of the New England Patriots and and the New England Revolution uh, soccer team, they put together a charity match to, you know, raise funds to, towards that that go that went towards those organizations that fought racial injustice to, you know against jewish people and stuff so i think little things like that and it's not a little thing but it's that you know things like that really help um in educating and and making people understand the importance of um you know just don't be a shitty person you know you you it's it's not difficult to to understand what what goes and what doesn't go um but yeah, I think, like you said, it was a pivotal moment. I think there's going to be a lot more that's talked about surrounding this, you know, in the future. I think that this is um, especially important because, you know, if it happens at a low league or something, the you know, the club will deal with it or something like that. But this is a Champions League game and it's UEFA. This, I think UEFA looks so bad in this case, but they have an even bigger opportunity now to make it right as well with the conclusion of their investigation. And I think that they can lead by example 
you know, how to deal with this. The fact is that if you're if you're a referee at that level, at a Champions League level, there's no ways you slip up and do anything that could cause that much that amount of controversy. So it's clearly something that UEFA have to look at and uh, lead by example. You know what needs to be done to to yeah. follow a path that others can say we're you know we're proud of of this of this uh, of this way that they are following. Yeah, I think that the positive that that of what happened that day is seeing international superstars you know guys with sponsorship contracts and you know they have a lot at stake so they don't um you know want to necessarily uh, perform actions that would put those in jeopardy but mm-hmm. you know to see Kylian Mbappe and Neymar and Marquinhos and all these guys PSG as a club to come out so strongly and condemn you know that the action of that of that fourth official yeah. It really shows that, you know, these players and, and it's not just in football, but in, in basketball, in NFL, anywhere, you know, they're coming together. They're actually making a, a stand against it, an active stand against it. And, you know, like I said, they have so much at stake. They have everything to lose if they if they if their sponsors don't like what they do, if they feel they're too controversial or outspoken. But, you know, you have to say Nike, Adidas, all these companies as well, they've They've come together and they've seen, they've identified that there is a problem and they've they've seen that they have a platform to, to bring about change. So I think what happened that day, however unfortunate it was, and, you know, there has to be a lot of work that, that gets put in to, to eradicate, you know, those kind of um, moments. But I think that we're, we're moving in a very good direction. We, we have so many you know, black players and Asian players and, and, you know, people from different walks of life and backgrounds in this one beautiful game. And like I said, not just football, but every sport. And they're speaking out against it. And I think that's so wonderful that, that you know, we've come to a point now where it's now not cool to be the guy that is a racist or, or says something offensive, um, you know, that is, you know, discriminatory and, and you know, think that it's okay because it's just not okay anymore. And, and, you know, I'm, I'm not really, this is probably the most I've ever spoken about this um, on this like subject in my life, because me personally, like I said, I've never gone through it myself. So I've never had an opportunity to actually speak up, speak out about it. But I think whenever you, I think, I think what people can learn is that we're in a different time now. And, you know, we, we, we have flipping, I don't know, 50, hundred views a week. If even one person takes, something away from this and and understands the importance of of what we're talking about and you know makes a difference i think more people need to do this and you know connect with um the reality and the society of life and um hopefully we can move forward in, into a positive light yeah well said yeah but no it is good it's important important topic yeah. to talk about so yeah, no, I'm. I'm glad we talked about. It. I think it is important to talk about. Um, it is a beautiful game, and and our, you know, just to kind of segue into that while staying on topic, I think um, it was a really good, you know, Champions League week. Everyone got to know their opponents, their potential opponents for the for the knockout stages. Um, I just want to talk about um, Chelsea. Um, we played Krasnodar who yep. uh, we beat 4-0 in Russia at their ground. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. 
and to go from that to what happened in our game was um, I legit almost fell asleep again. It happened against Spurs and it happened against Krasnodar now. I almost fell asleep. It was one of the most drab games I've seen in in hours. <laughs> I mean, the only interest I had been youngsters who got the opportunity. So, Yeah, so, okay, yeah. we can talk about them real quick. What yeah. did you think? I think they of... were the... Sorry. Yeah, no, I just wanted to ask what you... Um, I want to get onto Andrew in after, but what do you think of Billy Gilmore? You know, he, he unfortunately suffered an injury last season, at the end of last mm-hmm. season, um, which kept him out for several months. And then he recovered a few weeks ago, played for Scotland. He was on the pitch for about 10 minutes and then got sent off <laughs> with two yellow cards in quick succession. <laughs> um, bit of a hothead, that boy, but yeah, um, I thought he was quite decent, man. And you know, I'm not his biggest fan. Like, I think he has a lot of um, developing to do. But like, he looked. He, every time I watch him, he just looks like he's been playing for ages. I'm not going to say he's on that level by any means, but you get a bit of Iniesta vibes. The way that he is so quick yeah. to react. You know, when he's getting pressed and he receives the ball and where he distributes it to, it's uh, it's exciting. It makes you want to think that he can reach that level at least. But I'm not going to, of course, compare them. One, one, an absolute legend. One, uh, potentially in the making, if possible. I'd really be very grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, it, it was it was fun to watch him. I think it was um, it was good to see him back in the team. Yeah, it was. I don't know what it is about him that I, I just can't see him reaching. And and I know you know I could I'm going, I'm definitely going to be wrong about this, but he just doesn't look silky enough. Um, it's so hard because he does look silky, but at the same, do you know what I mean? Like, he's, is it because he's a little guy? Like, it and all because I um, think his frame makes him look very amateur. Yeah, and he does things on the ball that are not amateur, that are very professional and are very of a very high level. Um, I, I, I get what you mean. You know, he seems like just a kid that you just you know play uh, play at the park with or something like that. But he is so good in terms of what he does and he's he's not afraid to tackle as well he'll go for it that's that's what i think that's one of the reasons why it's uh he's able to prove himself even if others underestimate him where do you think his his position will eventually be i think where kante is right now so you think he'll be okay so we know he doesn't well he hasn't been able to display but he doesn't have the the defensive potential ability of N'Golo Kante I don't think anyone does I think it's very dependent on the play style but I think that is the position we'd have to change the play style for him specifically but I think that would be his position I mean he could go either you know on on either side of the midfield as well he could be on the left or the right Um, but I think that 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 holding midfielder pivot point is Mm -hmm. where he'll be able to dictate play and um Allow the and you know that's where the, that's the ball will go through him mainly. Yeah, I mean, I really want to see more of him because I know people absolutely love him. They think, um, you know, that the world of him. They think he has world class potential, and not just fans, but um, you know, Roy Keane. I think uh, I forget which game it was, but he said, you know, Billy Gilmore. Oh, it was the the Liverpool game yeah. in the FA Cup last season, and 
hands down, fantastic performance. Um, and Roy Keane obviously um, said he looked like a world class player. Full of praise for Roy Keane. For Roy yeah. Keane to say that, you know, he was either taking the mick or or he was absolutely serious. But I've never known Roy Keane to take the mick in in you know in that context. But yeah, especially of a youngster. Like that. Yeah, yeah, and you know he's not very complimentary of of many players as it is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he absolutely slates Pogba when he gets the opportunity. Uh, sorry, that's Graham Sooner. Sorry, yeah, yeah. But you know, uh, I want I need to see more of Gilman, whether that's at Chelsea or you know on loan to another club. Um, I really there's... want to see what what people see in him. I just yeah. can't see it right now. I, I mean, I've come across some rumors that um, Stevie G wants him at Rangers on loan. Isn't that where he came from? He came to Chelsea from Rangers for, I think it was like half a million pounds. Yeah, he won some back on loan. I Decent. mean, it'd be some good playing time for him to develop as well, I guess. It's not a, it's, it's not a bad team either. Rangers looking to win, yeah. win the title. Um, mm-hmm. Gerard seems to be playing good football with them. So I, I wouldn't be against that move. And, and I think Lampard himself has kind of strayed away from that question of, will Billy go out on, on loan in January? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like he he needs a loan. He needs some. He needs good game time, and he needs an opportunity to to showcase what he can do and um, kind of build his portfolio up, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, you know, I, I really want to see what you know yourself and and everyone else sees in him because I, you know, I just can't see it. But I'm sure there's I'm sure there's something there. Otherwise, they wouldn't spend that much time on him. Yeah. So I, yeah. Yeah. Just have to see more of him, then that's yeah. all you can do. Yeah. So the yeah. other player that obviously we had on the pitch was Tino Anjorin. Now this is a player that I'm crazy about. I think he's fantastic, phenomenal, super. Just a player that I can watch um, for hours. I think he's really, you know, Bayern Munich signed another Chelsea youngster by the name of Jamal Musiala. Um, very similar player to to Thomas Muller, kind of plays off the striker just behind him, and I think Tino Andrian is very similar. And I think the you know uh, academy and the club looked at us, um, saw Musiala and and Andrian and and decided you know we we have a better player in Andrian potentially. And I have to say I completely agree, but you know he's not been given a clear shot at the first team. Um, I think he's one of those players that needs a bit of time to to settle in and adjust. Um, but you know, I thought he was decent. I, you know, technically he, his touch was really good. Um, yeah, he's quick to to find a pass and and progress the ball. Showed a bit um, of skill as well. Showed a bit of skill. He played out wide as well, which is not his normal position, mm-hmm. which I think will be you know significant going forward because. You know, if he wants to make this team, he'll have to find his best position and and um, kind of play well in it. Because we, we've seen Mason Mount and Kai Havertz adapt to the midfield roles, midfield yeah. roles, the midfield roles where you know they have to do a bit of defending and and you know be more involved in the in the build up. So, you know, it, it will be interesting to see how that that plays out. I can see him going on loan. Certainly, we have plenty of players that play in his position, obviously. So. Um, 
but I thought he was really bright and, and you know, he didn't do himself any, uh, you know, any injustice by, um, you know, with his performance. So, yeah, what do you think of him? For your first Champions League game, I think that he performed quite well. He made an impact, you know, he, he wasn't just quiet. He got involved in the game and that was good to see. So I think he enjoyed himself and um, he got to test he got to test the, the the levels of the Champions League in general. So I think it was a good start for him. I didn't think too much of the way he played. I didn't think he was um, phenomenal or anything because mm-hmm. uh, you know I didn't expect him to be. And at the same time, I don't think that he uh, he showed that kind of you know maturity that you get from a Christian Pulisic um, in terms of you know the what you can what he would do in the game for example and but that's just a, that's that's a different kind of comparison because obviously a different position i think it's, I think it's but, difficult you know coming in into the champions league first game of the se- your first game of the season yeah and performing you know like the world like the world's watching i think yeah. i think that it's it's difficult to do that for you know as a as a young player coming from the academy you know you're desperate for to kind of showcase what you can do Mm-hmm. Um, some players can do it very, very well. Um, yeah. It doesn't always work out. Some players can do it. You know, other players they um, aren't able to perform at their best when they're brought in for you know one of their few few appearances. But they go on to have a, a great career with the club. So you know, it's too early, obviously, like you said, to to judge a player like that. But um, yeah, I, I get what I get where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not going to be critical of his performance because I think he had a pretty decent game. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. But, uh, well, there yeah, was actually an, there was actually another youngster. I guess you could still call him um, Kai Havertz. What did you think of his performance, <laughs> youngster? I forget how young he is. Yeah, um, yeah. I think Kai is one of those players where he hasn't set the stage alight, and he mm-hmm. hasn't. Um, done anything to suggest that he's one of the best young players in the world. Um, he did a lot of that last season and the season before at, at Bayer Leverkusen. Yeah. But, you know, Frank said it himself. He has no doubts Kai is going to reach the very top and he's mm-hmm. going to be one of the best, um, not just young players, but one of the best players in the world. And I, I have to agree, you know, for what he's able to do i don't yeah. think what he's done this season represents all of that and yeah. we sometimes as fans and as people that commentate on the game on the on football mm-hmm. we fail to see the factors that go behind um a poor performance or an average performance um or an average start to to a player's career at a club um yeah. just things like you know yeah. at 21 you you move house your your environment is completely has completely changed the language completely changes um the food is different the water is different um you know you can have budding problems um that aren't resolved and those i think those all matter a lot when it comes to your um your mental um space and and yeah. how how you're how much you're able to access mentally when you're doing your professional work when you're doing your job um 
I'll put it quite plainly. If I were tomorrow to move to um, Germany, let's say, um, and I had a job waiting for me, mm-hmm. so let's switch me and Kai. So if I, I was going to Germany and, and I had a job waiting for me, um, and I was very excited about it, but I was also nervous at the same time because I know I don't know anyone there. I know you know there's going to be a complete change in culture, um, right from going to the supermarket, whatever. Um, you know, to the weather and all that kind of stuff. So I think no, no one really gives those things a thought. So if I perform badly in my job, I don't think it's because I'm bad at what I'm there to do. I think it's because I'm not able to mentally access myself 100% at that time. And I think that's a bit of what Kai is going through at the moment. He's not fully focused on what he's doing Um and then you add that to he's obviously joined a new team. He's got new teammates. He's playing a new uh, role. He's playing a new with, with a new club. He's playing in different stadiums, um, you know. And for people to to label him as a as an average player or a flop, as some people are already calling him, I think it's crazy. And you know, it's it's a mark of um, I think disrespect also to the game. You know where Ignorance. these players. It is very ignorant. These yeah. players work their socks off, and you know when yeah. when we criticize them, and uh, you know I'm flipping effing and jeffing at, at the TV at them every single week. People like me, you know, and and fans just generally, we don't take into account, you know, them as people, them as human beings. Um, I think it, if it doesn't work out with Kai, and you know it will, and <clears throat> there's absolutely no doubt it will, but. If it doesn't work out with Kai, it's not because he's a bad player. It's because he wasn't able to adapt or adjust. So despite all of that, and come back to your question, I still think he's been very good this season. And I yeah. think <clears throat> his performances have been very underrated because what people have been expecting of us, they have mm-hmm. directly correlated that with individual players. So they're expecting... Timo Werner to score 30 goals this season. They're expecting yeah. Kai Havertz to provide 20 assists this season. Mm-hmm. They're expecting Ziyech to put a 45 combined goal and assist record. You mm-hmm. know, and we we start making it a bit unrealistic because of statistics. Um, but I think we just need to chill out, take a step back, and kind of enjoy the journey and let these players um settle in, adapt. And I know, you know. Non-Chelsea fans are, have no mercy. They'll they'll go ham on on anyone. Yeah. Um. Anyone can get that smoke. Even when they do well, like uh, get three nil. Get sorry, get a hat trick. Uh, yeah. Um, and uh, and you know that they, they'll say it was Barnsley, so it wasn't great. <laughs> but you know it is what it is. But I I love the game, and you know as Patrice Evra says, I love this game, <laughs> and you know I I want him to do well. I want Chelsea to do well. And as, as a matter of fact, I want every new signing that arrives at a new club, whether it's Man United or, I don't know, Juventus or whatever, I want them to do well. Because it's great when a player is able to showcase their ability. Mm-hmm. And, you know, same with Kaya. You know, it will, like I said, no doubt it's going to happen for him. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. So that was an that was an extended version of my answer. Oh, good job. <laughs> I thought he was, was all right. Really, <laughs> that was, it was really um, captivating. We said though, it does um, raise a really good question 
and that is um, when you mentioned that if you were if you switch roles with Kai Havertz and you know you went to Germany, I think my question is uh, what what position would you play? <laughs> I'd play Curryverse, mate. You play what? <laughs> Curryverse. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I even bother? <laughs> <laughs> nah, what position would I play, bruv? Be striker in it, number nine. Shout out to my guy Ronaldo. Not that one. That one. That one. The Ronaldo. Feel, feel me. Yeah, bruv. What I would give? I wish I had the life of a number nine. Oh my days, bruv. Imagine every three days being the main guy. Everyone's relying on you to score and win these games and be a legend. Oh, nothing better, honestly. You can you can have all your tricky players or whatever, but a, a proper number nine striker, guy that wins games, mm-hmm. that must be the life, honestly. Yeah. Get to grab all the glory, I guess. Yeah, sorry. I was just in my element right there. I was just, I was picturing myself as yeah, Ronaldo your Nazario. Changed. Your voice changed. I, you know, I could tell that you were in that zone as well. Trust me, man. I grew up on some great strikers. You know, from the Champions League episode, I was thinking, I remember seeing all these guys in their prime, man. Yeah. And it was so, so much fun to watch these players. Mm-hmm. Um, but just to just to kind of combine <laughs> that subject matter of Kai, I remember Jose Antonio Reyes, who played for Arsenal. Yeah. He left, and the reason was because he didn't like playing in the rain. And it's flipping hilarious. Like now, yeah. But at the time, like there was no social media, nothing. Mm-hmm. But there must have been so many things that went on behind the scenes in terms of like players adapting to their environment and you know that sort of thing. So, yeah, man. I hope every player does well. I hope every player feels comfortable and adjusts and feels good about what they do for a living because you know they're they're a lot luckier than than football fans are for sure. That was actually very nice of you. Yeah, man. I'm feeling quite philosophical tonight. <laughs> I have to play some uh, LL Cool J and close my eyes for a bit. Okay, <laughs> just feel the vibes. <laughs> we're, we're we're we've completed our group stage now. We have, and we're group winners. Right, we are group winners, and there are some really strong teams that have also, um, you know, won. Well, they've they've come first in their groups as well. Yeah. What do you think of the? Uh, potential opponents that we have that have come second in their groups i'm about to tell you who they are and it doesn't look very pretty yeah so i'll go from in terms of who i think is an easier opponent to the most difficult Mm -hmm. so number one porto um I mean, I, I, they would be the most ideal, in my opinion. Um, I don't think, you know, we should make it more of a problem. You, you, I don't think we can make a problem out of that fixture. Although, where Chelsea will find a way. <laughs> but, you know, Porto. And then Atalanta, who are managed by um, Gasparini. Very attractive side to watch. They play some really good football. Um, play three at the back. Um I mean, uh, you know, again, it is a team that I feel we can we can overcome and we can, um, you know, uh, do better than. Mm-hmm. Um, so Atalanta is another one. Then there's Borussia Mönchengladbach. 
I'm gonna roll with this name, bro. Oh, I'm too Is good. it Munch or Munchen? Munch, Gladbach. Uh, that team, <laughs> very good team. Um, on on the front foot, not as great defending. So I think it's another team that we should be able to overcome. But um, like I said on a on a previous one, I think you know their manager is is brilliant. I think he's got great ideas and. I'd love to see Lampard go head to head with him. I think it'll be an interesting matchup that one. But yeah, if it's not those three, then there's Lazio, um, managed by I want to get this right. I think it's Simone Inzaghi. I think so. Yeah. Because um, his brother is Pipo, and, and he used to play for for Milan. But yeah, this is Inzaghi's Lazio. Really good team. I think they've got some really good individual players. Um, they've got uh, Sergei Milinkovic Savic. Mm-hmm. Um, some other you know really good players to sure immobile yeah immobile immobile get it right my guy i'm sorry oh i'm so sorry but yeah me with my english accent saying an italian name (laughs) sticking my my pinky out while i'm drinking my wine (laughs) but yeah so lazio not decent side more attacking um but obviously italian so you'd like to think that they know what they're doing defensively and then RB Leipzig. I said Leipzig on the on the last one. I want to rectify that. I know what it is. It's Rasenball Sport Leipzig. Why are you so international? I'm an international guy. I'm telling you, bro. Mr. International. <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. Yeah. Mr. 305. <laughs> <Dali>. <laughs> I I actually think they'll be pretty tough to face if we do face them. Leipzig. I'm surprised. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're, they're definitely one of the top three sides, which, you know, I'm about to complete as well. But, yeah, they, I mean, I'm a huge fan of Julian Nagelsmann. Yeah, and um, um, at least above Sevilla. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. They, they, you know, they uh, are a really good side. You you can't um, be looking forward to facing them. Um, you know, they're very... They're sponsored by Red Bull and... Generally speaking, Red Bull love high energy, high intensity within their teams, whether it's F1 or football. And that's exactly what Leipzig are. They're a, they're a high intensity team that love to um, not just counter, but they move so quickly and they're so similar in, in terms of um, Lampard's ideas, you know, yeah. press, um, react quick. And, and they will be, a, I think, a very dangerous side for us to get yeah. um, that early on. So, you know, let's see. Uh, I mean, again, it would still be interesting because I think I still feel there is a way that we can, you know, beat them I don't, I, over two legs, especially. I don't think they're impossible to, to beat. Um, but yeah, so let's see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. And then there's, um, you can take a pick because Atletico Madrid, top of the top of the La Liga um, and Barcelona, who, you know, only an idiot would have to bet against Barcelona. So, that I mean, those are our possible opponents. Um, out of Atletico and Barcelona, who do I prefer playing against? Oh, I have to say Atletico. I just feel Barcelona with the Messi factor are um, far more dangerous, even though they're not, you know, top of the league. But, uh, you know, over 180 minutes has to be Atletico that, you know, that we, um, that we prefer over Barca. Yeah, though they're not informed, there's still um, some a few weeks till the next match. So I think 
Barcelona could easily regain their form in that time. And they just have such amazing individual players. I mean, Atletico do as well, but you can't help but be so mindful of how dangerous Barcelona can be as soon as they catch form. So, yeah, I think for me as well, it would be Atletico and then um, Barca is number one. So, yeah, I mean, that that completes the kind of list of, of potential opponents. I don't think it's, I don't think it's crazy that we finally get beyond the, the round of 16 this time. I think we have what it takes to overcome any of those sides on our day. And, and if we're playing good football at the time and we, when we're injury free, yeah. So hopefully we can, we can come out of that on top. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that we, yeah, we do have the potential to, um, to beat any of those teams if we're, you know, without injury, as you said, and if we really put our minds to it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but talking about just something closer to, uh, you know, time-wise closer to us, um, got Everton this weekend. Um, I wanted to pick your brain on what you think of them and, and um, how you think we're, we're set up to face them at the moment. Obviously, Lampard is going up against his old boss, Carlo Ancelotti. Ancelotti. <laughs> and, you know, it should be, for me, quite a cracker. Everton have been playing some decent football. Dominic Calvert-Lewin, their striker, has been on fire this season. Um, Aerially, very good. And he'll be up against Kurt Zuma and and Thiago Silva, who have, I think, the best aerial defensive record in in the league this season. Um, You know, it'll be, you know, player for player will be a really good matchup. I think they play a similar system as well. They play Hammers and and Decore in midfield with Alan anchoring. Um, Yeah. So it should be a very interesting game. What are your thoughts on it? Um, is is Alan? Alan's not injured now, is he? No, he's good. Is how's he performing? Uh, pretty honest? well, pretty decent. Yeah, I, I think yeah. they've dropped off a bit as a team, but I think individually, like they still. I mean, Alan's been decent. Yeah, uh, Hammers Hammers dropped off a bit, but yeah, well, I mean, you were talking, you were saying on Alan. Yeah, they have they have a great you know manager who's uh, got a good system and they've got great players as well. So, you know, uh, Chelsea really need to be mindful of that. But as as you said as well, they haven't been uh, completely on form either. Started off the season with a big bang. I think they uh, were top of the table for a bit. But they've, yeah, slowly come down a bit. Yeah. I think it's it's a good time to face them. They're not at the peak of their powers at the moment. And, um you know, I, I don't think we are either. I don't think we're playing our best football at the moment. Mm. So I don't think it's it's the worst time for us to, to be facing them. Um, but it, it, I mean, it does hold a lot of significance, this fixture. We're, we're playing at Goodison Park, where we lost last season. A lot has changed since then, obviously. Um, but it will be interesting to see how, how they line up against each other and, and take each other on. Um, I think, you know, it was nice to see. I watched a press conference, and it was nice to see Lampard acknowledge um, Carlo as one of the most influential figures in his career, and um, yeah. it kind of took me back to that time of of when they were um, together at the club. Um, Got the double, and won the double as well. Yeah, so yeah. you know it, it'll be nice to to uh, go up against him. I'm sure he's looking forward to it as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, team wise. We are only down by Ziyech and, and Hudson-Odoi, I think. Um, okay. Pulisic. Sorry? 
Pulisic made a return from his hamstring injury. Yeah, I think Pulisic's okay. I think um, Lampard said that he's just aware of um, his hamstring. Uh, not, yeah. not that it was damaged, but I think he's just being careful with it going forward, which I completely get. You know, you do need to... These kind of explosive players need to um, be taken care of and, and monitored properly. And they have all the science available to them. <clears throat> they have all the fitness um you know staff around him that that can give him the closest possible information but ultimately you need to just have a bit of logic and and think can a human being perform and be that explosive um on a regular basis every game um without getting injured and the answer is obviously no obviously they can't so if he didn't play against Everton I wouldn't be angry I, I wouldn't be upset I think if he came on in the second half. This is just a personal point of view. I think if he came on in the second half and, you know, there was a result to to achieve, it wouldn't be the worst thing. Um, but starting-wise, I think we need to be wary of, of how good they are. Um, their fullbacks are very good. Um, their wingers, Richarlison and... and um, um, I forget now. But, you know, they, they have a lot of speed in their side. Um, yeah. So we'll see how we set up. But what's your... What would what what would the team you you put out? Goalkeeper and defense, same as it's been so far. Mendy, Chilwell, Zuma, uh, Thiago Silva, Reese James. Yeah, that that back five select themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kante as uh, mm-hmm. DM, uh, Mason Mount, and uh, I'd go for Kovacic as well. Really, you would you would leave out Kai? Yeah, I think Kovacic has. He is uh, performing, I think, better than Kai at the moment. Do you think he'd be able to to kind of control possession, you know, better than Kai does? Yeah, uh, more about getting possession back and um, what he does best, which is you know uh, driving the ball forward as well. I think that that's what he will be able to do pretty well. That's interesting. I think one v one definitely like midfield battles because they'll probably mm-hmm. line up in a three as well. But midfield battles wise, you might be spot yeah. on there because Kovacic 1v1 can get out of difficult situations. He can dribble his way instead of, you know, panicking and, and giving the ball away. But, um, yeah. and I think he's been very good recently as well. I, you know, I didn't, <clears throat> I didn't give him his credit recently, but I think he's been decent, man. Yeah. I think he had a, a, a shaky start to the season, but he's like, he's got back into it again, back into the yeah. groove. Me personally, I, I'd, I'd go with Kai because I think Kai provi- provides several options, um, mm-hmm. not just from midfield, but I think in the final third as well. I think he's um, excellent. Uh, you know, I think yeah. he's a player that will probably you know do well in a in a game like this and to support the striker. Or you know, I, I think we've missed that definitely. But you know, Kovacic. Issue, that, sorry, the only issue is that I haven't really seen Kai getting into that those kinds of positions too often where the ball has found him. Yeah. He's kind of um, playing as a, as a number eight, as a, as a Lampard esque number eight, who mm-hmm. um, links play up between the fullback and, and the right winger and yeah. makes his way into the box or plays around the box. And I think if you just attack the box more and attack the goal more, um, yeah. he'd be more useful, but I think he has more of that potential than, than Kovacic at, at present. Um, although I know Kovacic has played some really good key passing key passes 
Um, yeah, lately. But yeah. either way, I mean, uh, not too fast. I think whether it's Havertz or Kovacic, they're going to both benefit the team. Um, both are really good players. So, But I think, yeah, like you said, Mason Mount, for me at this point, he's one of the first names on the team sheet um, for what he does. I don't want to wax lyrical about him today because I could go on for hours. But, um, yeah, so that's midfield. Who would you go up front? Who would you go with up front? Um, Giroud, a striker. Okay, big shout. Um, the fact that Callum is injured, Ziyech is injured, and Pulisic, I think that he won't be able to start him. I don't. I think it's too risky to start Pulisic. So, I think that he may put Kai uh, as a right wing. Let Let me propose something. Would you Would you like to see Mason on the on the wing? Mason no. and Mason and Burner. <laughs> no, I can't do that to myself again. <laughs> <laughs> I think Mason is too good at where so you he put plays you off. put Havertz out wide. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I think that's what that's what would be best. I can see that. I can definitely see that. And Werner um, on the left. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it sounds ridiculous. It sounds like a like a FIFA game. But would you put Reese James on the on the right and put Aspi at right back? Like just to just to kind of see how you see football. Yeah, um, I think the reason why Ziyech and Reese James work so well is because the like I think so. Reese James overlaps overlaps uh, Ziyech, mm-hmm. and that's why that that system works. I think with um, Aspie and Reese, they'd have to they'd have to work it out what position where they want to be when they want to cross the ball. What time is it that they want to run? I don't think that it would they would have that kind of um, understanding so well right now. I mean, they may, but I don't think that they they will at this point because Reese is not used to being in that right right wing. He's used yeah. to running past Ziyech. Absolutely, I, I completely agree. I think if you have an attacking player that can play out wide, just play him there, and then if yeah. it doesn't work, you can change it up. You can change the system, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's a decent enough team. And what? And, and you go with with the uh, Verno on the left. Yeah. Okay. Verno on the left. We don't have. Uh, we. I. In my opinion, we. Ca- you can't play Pulisic. You can't start him at this rate because if he picks up an injury, then it's even worse. At least if he, you know, comes on in the second half, mm-hmm. you have some sort of idea that he'll be fine. Yeah. As it's closing off, and there's less energy from the other team, less pressure from them. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. Well, I, I still think that's a good enough team to, to beat um, Everton, who, like I said, aren't on top of their game right now. But we shall see. It should be interesting. And we're going to watch it together. Yeah, we are. Yeah, Saturday night, 8 o'clock. Saturday night, 8 o'clock. I will be there. Just to, uh, just to make a quick mention, I think last podcast, you um, I mentioned <laughs> that the, the Champions League game would be at Tuesday and you call me a fake fan. <laughs> And you said that it was on Wednesday, but I was completely correct. So I'd just like to call you out on that. I knew you were going to do this. You were waiting in it. You were waiting in it. You were waiting for for the days to come by till the next one so that you could mention that specifically. You've got it it written down in front of you right now. You thought you could catch me, haters, but I'm out here. Oh, I've taken it out. I've taken it out. I'm a bad bad fan. I'm a bad fan. I'm a proper fair weather couch fan. Yeah, uh, I'll make up for it. I'll make up for it. Don't worry. Yeah, please do. 
just bear in mind, I'm going to be staying with you for the next few weeks. So <sighs> Santa might Please pay you an early Santa Claus might pay you an early visit. <laughs> <laughs> I do not want. No, I'm not even going to joke. <laughs> Not all right. recorded. <laughs> yeah 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 all right okay well that was good yeah. that was fun um yeah can't wait for the game let's go wait. all right safe i'll chat to you in a bit yeah. safe bye bye bye